Well, good morning. Good to see each one of you. If you haven't been here in a while, thank you for coming again. And if this is your first time, thank you for being brave and coming and, and being a part with us. And thank you for choosing to worship with us at Grace Church. We, we don't take that for granted. We really appreciate the effort it takes in our busy society to come and make room for God. And like we were worshiping this morning, He made room for us. And we get to make room. We get to. We don't have to. We get to uh, worship Him and make room in our schedules on a weekend and also during the week. Uh, so God is good, isn't He? We thought uh, that trees get taller uh, as they get older and when they stop growing, we thought that they die. But that's only partially true. Once trees reach a certain height, they do stop getting taller, but that's not the end of their life. They start to pack it on in their girth. Kind of like humans. <laughs> Except it's different. And there was a study done, a pretty incredible study. They studied 700,000 trees across the globe. And uh, Nate... Stephenson, a forest ecologist, did this with 37 scientists from 16 nations to answer some questions about trees. And after their study, these are the conclusions that, that while trees do stop getting taller, they do start putting on girth around them, but it's not like uh, fat, like us humans. Oh man, I better be careful, right? But it's, it's interesting because the trees, what they do, is it would be analogous to bodybuilding for a tree. So they get bigger and they get healthier. And what I want to submit to you is that God designs each one of us for that same experience that we will grow stronger we're designed to grow stronger spiritually. And that's the plan that God has for us. That's the design that He's made us for. And it doesn't matter what happens to you, you can always grow stronger, even in your toughest, darkest times. It's good stuff. When things are the worst, you can grow the most. Thank you. Can. But it's so important that we understand that because we can easily be intimidated by tough times and hard times and difficulty and obstacles and we back off some of our spirituality. We back off some of these things that we know give us growth. But if we'll just stay engaged, then that could be some of our best growth right there. So... <laughs> I want to see this from the design of Scripture. And Jesus said this. He draws an analogy to trees. And um, actually, he was quoting from the prophet of old. And a prophet is a seer, somebody that has a great track record of impeccable accuracy. And in the Old Testament, there were prophets who had this kind of track record, they never missed it. 
what they saw was 100% accurate. And Jesus knew those prophets, they knew his writing, their writings, and one day he stood up in the synagogue, that would be the Jewish church, and he approached the speaking table, and he laid down the scroll of Isaiah, the prophet, the seer, who was 100% accurate in everything that he said. And then they, church history says, then they tried to stop him and they sawed him in half. His ministry on earth was over, but his words kept on going. And Jesus turned to the scroll in Isaiah 61, 61 the 61st chapter in Isaiah, and he said these words. And it's interesting what he said and where he stopped. We'll bring that out. In Isaiah 61, verse 1, it says, this is Jesus speaking, quoting from Isaiah, the prophet. says, the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord. This is the first day that Jesus goes public with his ministry, with his service to people, with his mission on earth. First day that he went public. And he says this, the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me. Because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And Jesus stops right there. He stops short of the next phrase, which says to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God. Apparently, he understood that, that vengeance would come. Either he's referring to, later he, he would be referring to the vengeance that God would place against his son on the cross to take our pain, to take our misery, to take our sin. Or he's talking about the time that he would come again in his second coming. When vengeance would be unleashed on the earth. And that day is coming. But when Jesus came and when he first stepped into his public ministry and went public with his teachings and went public with his miracles, starting this day, he stopped right there and he said, this day I'm anointed to proclaim the Lord's favor. And the Lord's favor is being proclaimed from that day since then and right now. That God loves you. That God cares about you. That He has a plan for your life. And that He will give you His help, His favor. If you'll turn your eyes to Him and trust Him. And then put into place the things that He wants you to put into place in your life. That will cause great growth. So, what's interesting, I'm going to go into the New Testament now, and the accounts where Jesus said this in the synagogue, before I was reading directly from Isaiah, now I'm going to read from Luke, and Luke says, or records what Jesus said, I don't have these passages yet, but we'll get into some, but then after he stopped short of that verse on vengeance, he said, the Lord's favor is coming, I'm anointed for that. Can you imagine what that synagogue, the people in the synagogue were thinking? It was dead silent. You could have heard a pin drop in there. And Jesus folded up the scroll and he went back to his seat and sat down. 
And notice what he says. Then he rolled up the scroll, returned it to the attendant, and sat down. And listen, and the eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fixed on him. Everybody was looking at him. Nobody was saying a thing. And he began by saying these words. He said, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. So this passage in Isaiah also is referring to the spiritual growth that God would cause in followers of His through His Son. A little bit later in Isaiah, he says this words, in their righteousness. In other words, my Son will be sent, my Son will come, and this, this action of God would cause something in the people that follow Him. And he says this is what's going to happen to you. In their righteousness, not your own righteousness, but God's righteousness. But in their righteousness, they will be like mighty oaks. Mighty oaks that the Lord has planted for His own glory. I'm looking at mighty oaks. Each one of you is a mighty tree in God. A mighty oak of righteousness. You say, Dave, I'm just, I'm, I'm just not there. I'm not, I don't see myself as mighty in any way. Help me, Lord, to explain this. It's not you. It's the seed in you. And that little acorn, from little acorns come mighty oaks. I've got oak trees in my backyard and they're huge. They're big, they're strong, they're getting bigger every year. And you are a mighty oak in God. Not because of you, but because of the seed that's growing in you. It's exciting to think, well, what does that mean? It means that your future is tremendous in God. What you have going for you is in... Is that blinking again? Isn't that great? I'm pulling this thing. It's not our team. Our team has been working on this. This is great. It's the technology. That TV is going back. So no matter what your experience has been, say, man, I just, I struggled with believing. Have you ever been there? Have you ever struggled with faith? Have you ever struggled to trust God? Maybe something has happened that's tragic. Or maybe you've made mistakes that you just can't seem to get through. And belief and trust is a, is, a, is a very difficult thing for you to do right now. We all understand. We've all been there. We all know what that feels like. Or maybe you're here today and you know that you're doing okay. Because God's brought you through some things and you're healthy and you're strong. And you're getting stronger no matter where you are, you're welcome in this dialogue of understanding your spiritual journey. And hopefully God will give you more clarity with each step that you take. 
And we welcome you to that dialogue. And even if you have no faith, and you don't believe that God exists because of your reasons, and I'm sure they're valid, welcome you to that dialogue as well. Not scared of it, not afraid of it. We want to encourage it. Because how can we grow unless we face the things that we really believe? But I believe on the inside of a lot of you, there's this mighty seed that is growing and developing and getting stronger and is going to change your life. Welcome to the journey. Today I just get to be a little bit of your guide. As you're looking at your journey, maybe I'd be able to point out a couple things. One of the things that I want to point out is this question, well, how do I know if I'm really growing? How do I know if I'm really developing? I want to give you three ways quickly, briefly, on how you can chart your growth, how you can know, you can pinpoint your growth. And you can look at your life and you say, you yeah, know, that's happening. I see that happening. I must be growing. And this is happening too. I must be growing. And if you see that you're growing, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. So here's number one. You begin to think spiritual things are better than worldly things. Number two is accusations and adoration from people moves you less and less. And number three, you have a growing awareness of God moving and what He's doing. So let's take this first one. We have insatiable cravings sometimes for the things of this world. Material things. Being noticed. And pleasure. And none of those things are wrong. But we know that when we start to grow, those things really lessen in our priority of what we need in life. Your priorities change. Let's look at Moses. I want to show you this passage in Hebrews chapter 11. And we see this growth taking place in Moses. And he says this, It was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to share in the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. Notice this. He thought it was better to suffer. Have we ever done that? No, I just think it's better to suffer. No, usually you're running from suffering. You're trying to eliminate suffering. But Moses thought it was better to suffer for the sake of Christ than to own the treasures of Egypt. For it was... Looking ahead to his great reward. So Moses, when he grew up, when he was growing spiritually, he became a man, refused to be called Pharaoh's daughter. And that, there's a lot of import in that because as Pharaoh's daughter, he was next in line in the hierarchy. He could have had it all. Pleasures, he could have had it all. Materially, and he said, it's more important than to suffer with God's people who are trying to follow God. More important that I do that than all those other things. It's amazing. It was more important than honor to Moses to follow Christ. It was more important to Moses to follow Christ than prestige, notoriety, fame, wealth, all those things. All the treasures of Egypt could not compare to doing what God wanted him to do. 
One way that you know that you're growing up spiritually is that you find yourself thinking that it's better to follow Christ even if I'm going to suffer for following Him and even if people will misunderstand my motives and my actions. It's more important that I do God's will for my life. You know you're growing spiritually when that thought is far and above those other thoughts of pleasure, of money, of things. You know you're starting to grow spiritually. You cannot put worldly things above spiritual things and expect to grow spiritually. Right? I'm not mad. This is truth. This helps us. I want to challenge you this morning. We can't grow spiritually if we're always putting worldly things above spiritual things. I want to go a little bit on a pig trail here. That doesn't mean that God doesn't want you to prosper. He does want you to prosper. Scripture is real clear about that. John wrote, if you are willing and obedient, if you're, or not John, uh, Isaiah wrote this in the Old Testament, if you're willing and obedient, then you'll eat the good of the land. And prosperity is, is really uh, relative to whatever environment that you're in, whatever nation. Prosperity in America is completely different than prosperity in the Philippines or in Thailand, places I've been. Uh, it, it's so much different than third world countries, but you can still prosper. You can still be blessed wherever you go because God is interested in that happening. But He doesn't want you to put those things first above Him. Does that make sense? He's not against you having money. He just doesn't want money to have you. And that's important to get. Because when money has you, it will control your decisions. It will control your actions and your relationships. And God wants to be in that throne place, the, the, the first place of your heart. And then He'll guide you with those other things. So I must prioritize cultivating my relationship with Christ over just killing it in commerce. I've got to put that number one, cultivating my relationship with Christ. No, it's not wrong to have money. It's just wrong for money to have my heart. Third John, ver the Second verse says, Friend, I wish above all things that you'd prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. So here's one of the dynamics that happen. Is in theology, it's, it's called redemption and lift. When a person receives Christ, that seed comes in and it begins to lift him or her above his circumstances. He begins to think differently, more healthfully. And we begin to see whole societies changing. They're more dedicated to their work. I really believe this, and, and I'll just throw this to you. I believe that a, a follower after Christ ought to be the best worker, ought to be the best servant, ought to have the best attitude in the work environment. I really believe that. I'm glad I'm the only one here thinking that, but it's so true. You know, because Jesus, what did He do when He came? He came to serve. And so, what do we do in our life? We've come to serve. 
And we get to serve in whatever our hands find to do. We get to serve. We get to serve our employer. If you're the boss in your company, then you get to serve your customers. I mean, it's just all about serving in Jesus' kingdom. It's not about rolling over people. It's about serving other people. It's awesome. So we ought to be so good at that. And, and if we're not, we can get better. We can get better. So... David said the same thing in the Old Testament. I'm still on this little pig trail, but I think it's an important one that we need to hit. Psalm 1 says, and David wrote this, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. Remember what John said? You're going to prosper as your soul prospers. As your heart prospers, as your spirit prospers, and the inevitable—the result of that—is that you will be prospering on the inside, and it will come out on the outside. You'll be successful in what you do because of how successful you are prospering on the inside, where the Word of God is growing and changing you. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. So that is happening on the inside of a person as he meditates on God's word. is starting to take over his thought patterns. Instead of thinking, I can't, you start thinking, I can. It's really that simple. Instead of thinking, God's against me, you're thinking, God's for me. And so your insides are, are, are prospering. On, and you may not even see any change on the outside. But on the inside, you're just thinking, man, I'm just believing, I'm trusting. And God's helping me. And then when he comes through and things begin to change, you know what, it hap hap what, what, what happens is that you, you drop to your knee and you just worship him and you thank him for him being involved in your life and helping you. But his light is in the law of the Lord and his law does he meditate day and night. It's, 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 there's a feeding taking place here. And he shall be like a tree planted. Here we go to trees again. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season. His leaves shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. So God does want you to prosper, right? Somebody say yes. yes. But because there's so many dangerous pitfalls in this area, that we need to make certain that we keep our right priorities. Keeping God number one. One of the ways that we grow spiritually is giving time for one another. To encourage one another. How many of you realize now that you need each other? Don't you? We need each other more than we even really realize. And giving time to one another. We need that time together to have fun, to encourage one another, to challenge one another. For those of you who are wanting to grow... Even during hard times, if you're going through one right now. And if you're not, just hang on. Because another one's coming. I'm, I'm so encouraging this morning, aren't I? <laughs> Which, if you're really interested in growing, in, especially in a hard time, or a time where you're having to be patient, then you just got to read this letter. And it was written to a group of people that were having an especially difficult time. They'd lost their homes. They'd lost uh, all of their, their savings. They had 
they had been persecuted severely and just life was very, very tough for them. These people had just begun to follow Christ. And then all of this calamity hits their lives. They were ostracized from their community, which is very severe and very severe, uh, uh, difficult at that time. It could cause them to starve to death. And I'm sure that they were probably thinking, because of the tone of the letter and because of the response in this letter, I'm sure they began to think, you know, maybe it would be better if we didn't follow Christ. How many of you ever have thought that? No, don't put your hand. <laughs> maybe if we just kind of backed off a little bit. And maybe we could get our businesses back because they couldn't do their commerce anymore. Maybe we'll get our homes back because they lost their homes. Maybe we'll get our social relationships because they were ostracized. They were not allowed to, to uh, interact with society anymore. Maybe if we just backed off, maybe we just didn't follow Christ quite so passionately. Maybe if we didn't follow Christ anymore, we can get all that back. And the writer of this letter says, don't you do that. You do that. Be encouraged. You keep following Christ no matter how much you suffer. God will be faithful to you. So if you're waiting, if you're having the time of your life right now with struggles, with difficulties, maybe you've lost some things because you started following Christ. I want to encourage you today. Keep at it. Keep putting one foot in front of the other and keep following Him the best that you understand. And God will be faithful to you. And He will turn these things around. So here's the words. that See, when we go through that sometimes, we want to back off and we don't want to fellowship with each other. We don't want to get together. We don't want to go face to face and share some of the difficulties that we're having. And that's exactly what we need to do. Because when you pray for one another, there's power in prayer. And when you share your difficulties with another person, and that other person <clears throat> prays for you, there's power there. There's power there. And the thing that happens with us is that when we go through a trial, a difficulty, or a challenge, we get embarrassed because life is just beating on us. We don't want to go, and we don't want to share I want to encourage you, that's the exact time that you need to get together. That's the exact time that you need to share. And that's the exact time that you need to pray. So this is what the author of that letter writes. If you want to read it, it's the book of Hebrews in the New Testament. He says, not neglecting as some habitually do to meet together, but encourage one another. And doing all this the more so since you can see that the day of Christ is approaching. How many of you understand and realize just by looking out the window and listening to the news that things are getting worse out there? And that has a tendency to bleed down into our own lives. Things can get very challenging in our own lives. And we know that something is going on. We're moving toward an end. It's not cyclical. It's not Buddhism. 
This doesn't mean that we're just on this eternal circle. We're, we're progressing toward an end. There is an end coming. There is a judgment day coming. And Jesus Christ will come in the flesh again. And we're moving toward that. And it's stirring up hell. It is, guys. And we, we get to live in it. <laughs> right? We get to live in it. We get to experience this. You're born for this day. And God wants to speak through you and move through you and touch through you and heal through you. But when we get allow the world to get on top of us and allow these things to drown out our spiritual life, that's when we need to get together and, and encourage one another. And the harder things get, the more pressure that this world brings, the more that we need to encourage one another. Sometimes we wonder, I've wondered this myself, but sometimes people have even expressed this. Why is it such a struggle for me to trust God? Why is it such a struggle? Don't put it in exact terms, but that's pretty much what we're saying to each other. Is we wonder why we struggle to trust God. I got thinking about this. You know, how many of you, just a quick question, how many of you have missed a, a day of eating last week? Why? Because we prioritize it. What would happen if you didn't eat all last week? You'd get pretty weak, wouldn't you? Now, I understand there's fasting. I'm not talking about that. Okay. For all you spiritual heroes that like to fast. That's great. I'm not talking about that. But I'm just talking about the result of feeding your physical body results in physical strength. Now, here's the hard question. You don't have to answer it. Just answer it for yourself. How many of you have prioritized last week of feeding for your spirit? See, a lot of times we don't grow stronger and we don't grow in faith and we can't trust Him because we haven't fed the inside with anything. Jesus said, my words are spirit and they're life. They can bring life to us if we'll feed on them. We'll meditate on them. Bring them inside of us. Think about them. And then put them into action. Apply them and speak them. And that's where spiritual strength comes. If you'll do that, if you'll prioritize that this week, I guarantee you, you'll feel stronger by the end of the week. You can't eat without feeling better. That's the way I am anyhow. I eat, feel better, feel stronger. If I'm doing hard physical labor, what do I have to do? I have to eat a little bit more, a lot more protein. Same thing in the Spirit. If you're going through something, man, double up on your Word. Double up on your, your meditation. Double up getting more in there. Because more is being required. If you're physically drained, if you're physically being attacked, then feed on the Scriptures on healing. Feeling on, feed on those Scriptures that bring health and life to you. Feed your spirit. Feed your heart. And it will become stronger. If you're dealing with depression, feed on life-giving scriptures. Because that life will come out. It will affect your life. It's important to do that, isn't it? 
So why can't I trust God? Well, maybe I haven't fed it enough. Maybe I haven't fed my heart enough. How can I do that? You have to prioritize it. You have to make it an important part of your day. When God just gets the leftovers, what kind of health are you going to have? Man, this is challenging, but I'm just going to keep, I'm in it. I might as well just keep on going. But if we don't prioritize it, our spirit, our spirit person will shrivel and get, get weaker and weaker. But if you prioritize it, yeah, this time of day, I'm going to make sure that I'm feeding my spirit with life-giving words of Jesus. I'm going to get in the scripture and I'm going to put it in there. <coughs> Makes a difference. So I, I'm just starting this. I, I have no idea what to do. Well, there's all kinds of technology that will help you. U version is something that you can download. It's an app on your phone. You can just download it. It's 300,000 that have, have, have uh, downloaded it now since 10th year. You just download it. If you've got a phone, a smartphone, you can just read Scripture. And there's all kinds of helps and aids in that. Or you can do it old school way and just open up the black and white Bible and just read that. And find some, get a, get a yellow highlighter. I'm just telling you things I've learned over the years that help. Me stay focused on God's word, and it's so important to stay focused on God. right, right. Yes. And get a highlighter and say, "Man, that that verse, that verse really hit me." I can I can do all things through Christ who strength. Highlight that thing because I'm facing some obstacles. I can do all things through Christ. I don't know if I wait a minute. It says I can I I, I can do this if I focus. I highlight that. So my eyes go to that verse again. Whatever it takes. You gotta feed yourself, don't you? You gotta feed yourself, don't you? And the result is health. I remember when we were we had three small children at the home, in the home, and we still hadn't figured out what was causing that, so we had another one in the oven, we didn't know it. It's all Di's fault. And, uh, well, we didn't know that if you have a, a child and you're pregnant and you're nursing the other one, then it can dry up the milk. And so our third child, which happens to be sitting right here, she was getting weaker and weaker. And we didn't know it. We were just young parents. We didn't know about all this stuff. And we thought we knew. We thought we were doing pretty good. This is our third child. We should have known by then. Um, but Tori just began to lose more and more weight. And we were like, man, what, what's going on? And she wasn't on solids yet. And all, the other kids were on solids. And so we were eating at dinner table and passing the food around. And she far, she got all of her growth. She, she's a healthy girl now. <laughs> just want to put that disclaimer in there. Um, but when we were passing the solid food, you could tell that she was kind of smelling it and she just went, ah, like that. Just kind of put her head down the table and said, honey, what's the matter with the baby? And she took Tori to the doctor and she said, oh, she's not getting any nourishment. She's not getting any food because you're dried up. Oh, 
And died just, I asked permission to share this, but she just felt so terrible. She just felt, oh, man, I feel like a bad mom. But you know what? Here's the point I want to make with sharing that story. is so important that you can be malnourished and not even know it. And in your heart, in your spirit, you can be malnourished and you not even know it. And you're getting hit on both sides in every which way by life. And you don't even know why you can't trust God. And God's saying, just feed yourself. Get in there and feed yourself and get some nourishment in there. Because you're dried up. You're just dried up. And I am a life-giving river. If you'll just tap in. I mean, i got to remember that. I just got to remember that because I get hit just as much as anybody. And I just got to remember, man, there's a life-giving river that never ends. It's always flowing. All I got to do is get myself in it. And then the life of God comes in. And it changes me. It changes the way that I think. Changes the way that I look at life. Changes the way I look at my challenges. Like Those challenges don't go away, but your perspective of those challenges changes. And when your perspective changes, your whole life can change. I'm sorry to get so excited, but this is life, isn't it? This can help us. This can really help us. So I just, I don't want you to dry it up. I want you, I want you to look at life with enthusiasm and with life that comes from God, from His throne. And it's there for you. And it's awesome. Okay, I, that's number one. <laughs> I'll go real fast on these other ones. The other one's deadness. <laughs> Dead one. Uh, deadness to censure and praise. When you're growing spiritually... You know, it used to be when you're not, you know, when when you're just starting, it's like, oh, somebody thought well of me. Oh, somebody criticized me. You know, you're growing spiritually when that doesn't move you near as much. So, like, you know, I'm just going to stay on track. Some people like me, some people don't. And this is the way it is. See, that didn't take very long, did it? <laughs> And then Paul said this, he said, It doesn't matter to me if I'm judged by you or even by a court of law. In fact, I don't judge myself. I don't know if any I don't know of anything against me, but this doesn't prove that I'm right. The Lord is my judge. I love that. He just got to a place emotionally and spiritually that uh, you know, some people don't like me, they try to kill me, but you know, the Lord's my judge. I'm good with that. <laughs> you know, you, you can read another passage, all the things that he went through, and he's like, I'm good with that. I'm not there yet. I'm trying to get there. Here's number three. An ability to recognize God at work. When you're suffering. When life is really hard. And be able to come to this place where you say, you know, God's going to turn this around. You know you're growing spiritually when everything that you feel, touch, and experience in life is not what you want. But you trust Him to turn it around. You know that something good's happening on the inside of you there. 
you know that you're grown. And if you're grown spiritually, you can have joy no matter what. And I'm not just saying that. This is something I've experienced, and I know a lot of you have too. That's real spiritual growth. Sometimes our greatest opportunities come in our darkest hours. Sometimes our greatest growth takes place when things are the worst. I wanted to talk about Joseph, but I don't have time. Maybe another time. Let's stand and I want to give an invitation to, for you for prayer this morning. Say, you know, some of you may be here, and I don't want to assume anything, but you may be here and, and you're just at a place where, you know, Dave, you've been talking to us about growing spiritually. I'm not even sure, you know, you talked about the seed of God's Word, the seed of Jesus Christ being on the inside of you. I'm not even sure that's happened to me. I'm not even sure that I've ever asked Jesus to come and live in me. Well, that's the first step, and I want to invite you to do that. And we're going to pray a prayer, and all you have to do is agree with it, and Jesus will come in if you'll, if you'll mean it. If you'll invite Him to come in and mean it, He'll come in, and this will be your day. And we'll all be so happy for you. And there's another situation where you're in a difficult situation. You've got a challenge ahead of you and you've been looking at it wrong. Your perspective's been all dried up. And you need God's life to come to you. And we want to pray that God's life and His Word will come to you and water that seed again so it'll grow stronger. So let's pray over these two right now. If you could have you close your eyes and bow your head for just a second. Who is here today and you want to allow Jesus Christ, the seed of God, to come into your heart? You say, not, I don't really know that I've done that and I want to do that right now. Just All you have to do is look up to me and make eye contact with me and say, yeah, that's me. I want to do that right now. Is there anybody that would like to do that? All right. Now, with eyes closed and heads bowed, I'm sorry, did I miss anybody that wanted to receive Christ for the first time? If that was you, would you look up again? Okay. Now, okay. Now, for those of us that are going through some struggles, and your perspective, you know, because when the Word of God is brought forth, it brings light, and you have a new understanding now that, man, my perspective has been so off, and it needs to be touched. I need to be able to see things with the help of God right now. If that's you, would you look up? Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Anybody else? All right, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you that your word always gives us life and it's available to us right now. So we're running to 
the never-ending well, the eternal well of living water. And I pray for each person that has looked up and acknowledged that they want to agree together in prayer right now, that the power of God would help them. I pray, Father, right now that the Holy Spirit will come to their minds and bring new thoughts. Thoughts that are higher, that are way beyond human thoughts, that come from heaven, and that it will intervene and will interact with their own thinking patterns and change them. And that will drop even deeper into their spirit, into their heart, and feed them with life right now. And from that life that is germinating inside their spirit, that new thoughts would come to their mind that would help them and encourage them. Thoughts of pot that are positive, thoughts that are, are full of faith, that sees change, that sees what can be, not what is, and would in infuse them with strength. That these challenges that are ahead of them, that you would pour out your wisdom to them. That you would pour out your encouragement to them. That you would pour out the correction that they need. And we do open up our hearts to the correction that your Holy Spirit gives as he teaches us. Show us our error. Show us the things that we're thinking wrongly. Show us the, the error of our way so that life can come. God, correct us so that life can come. And as we put this into practice, I thank you, God, ahead of time that you're helping us. That you're giving strength. That you're giving guidance. You're throwing wisdom in front of us so that we can walk in it. Thank you, God, for your help. And God, most of all, right now, together, we worship you for your mercy because we don't deserve any of this. It's only by your grace. It's only by your mercy. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 You agree with me? It's going to be a good day the rest of the day, right? God bless you. Have a great day.